In the holy name of Jesus. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he created them and ordered them that men would seek him. Right down to the dust between your toes, right up to the stars of heaven, God ordered and created and made all things that man would seek after God. God created all things together for this one purpose, that man would seek him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. That is what St. Paul tells the Athenians in Acts chapter 17. St. Paul is up there on Mars Hill. He's debating with the philosophers of his age. And he notices all of the artifacts of their pagan worship, all the things that they worship through and trust in. And he proclaims to them in the midst of all of this seeking, all of their seeking, a findable God. The thing about paganism, you know, believing in uh, polytheistic conceptions of God and this and that local deity and this and that spiritual force, the thing about paganism is that it has this elusive character. It's here and then it's there. It's over there and then it's in your face and it's hard to keep track of. It's elusive and that's probably part of its appeal. People like to have spiritual power. They like to have control over their lives, and if they can, the lives of others. They like to have control over the forces of life. But they also love uh, to be an insider. They love inside information. People love to be the one who knows the secret, to be the one who has recovered lost wisdom, uh, tune into the History Channel later tonight, if you dare. Lost wisdom, secret things, these are what uh, we have a kind of itch for as people. And paganism, ancient and modern, offers these things, offers spiritual influence, offers control over one's life, and also that allure of being an insider. St. Paul, by contrast, offers God the Father of all, and the one Lord Jesus Christ who has revealed him. Not kept him secret, but has made him known, has made him findable. Today we read in the last few verses of Exodus about the building of the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, as we heard it called. And that word, meeting, is exactly the point. In fact, if we have been reading along in uh, the Torah, those first five books of the Bible from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, we have already seen this word written before. Actually, already in the very first chapter of the Bible, the very first chapter of Genesis, and God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. But the word actually isn't seasons. The original word is meetings. Let them be for signs and for meetings. So the stars are supposed to tell us when to have our meetings, when we should gather together as God's people. 
the stars are supposed to tell us when we go to that tent of meetings that Moses just put up for us. And then later, God uh, fills in the blanks. Ex, uh, Leviticus chapter 23, he gives the entire liturgical church year calendar for Israel, you know, with Passover and first fruits and Pentecost and Yom Kippur and um, what's a feast of booths, these kind of things. These are all on the calendar. The stars tell you when to meet for Yom Kippur or for Passover or all the rest. All these things are so that we Israelites can meet God, can find God. So we have our heavenly calendar. We know when to meet God. We have this nice big tent that Moses has just made, the tent of meetings. We know where to find God, and he's just ascended in his cloud, into the tabernacle. All is prepared. We know where to find him. We know when. But Moses was not able to enter the tent of meetings. Now, when John tells us uh, later in our second reading that the law was given through Moses and uh, that the grace and truth are given through Jesus, he's not saying that that Moses gave only bad news and that Jesus only gave good news. Moses actually, in his day, as you remember, was the savior of God's people. Moses was... (laughs) the bringer of good news to God's people. And not only that, he performed the good news. He brought God's people out of Egypt with a strong hand, and he brought them back to their God. In Moses, Israel found their God. The problem we hear in this last verse uh, or verses of Exodus, but Moses was not able to enter, is solved by the next book called Leviticus. Leviticus is kind of the blueprints to the thing. It's like how you get in. The law of God, which God gives his people, tells his people how they can enter the tent of meeting through sacrifice, through uh, the shedding of blood, through the confession of their sins, and through Aaron, the brother of Moses, who acts as their great high priest. Through this law, Priest, high priest Aaron was able to enter the tent of meeting. He was able to meet with God in a way. He was also allowed to bring the prayers and the sacrifices of God's people and able to atone for their sins. The law of Moses given by the Lord is actually gracious. It allowed Israel in a limited way to meet with God in the tent of meetings at the appointed time for the meetings which was the whole reason that God, as we said, made the entire creation, the stars and the dust and everything in between, created that you might meet with God. The law of Moses was gracious, but it was not full of grace. The law of God, of Moses, was true, but it was not full of truth. And this is sort of like something we experience Um, in the parent-child relationship, but my three-year-old, I give her all kinds of laws. Touch that, don't touch that. Wash your hands after touching that. Go here, don't go there. Look both ways before you go there. Law, 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 law. 
But it would be foolish for me to think, as a parent, that I could, that my daughter could live her entire life if I just um, could live her entire life perfectly or well if I just gave her all a list of all the rules. You know that life is not like that. Life is full of um, borderline cases and unique circumstances and unexpected realities that law will not simply not address. We know that law cannot save us, just like all the perfect laws that I give my daughter ultimately will not be able to give her the key to unlock life. We know that's not enough. Instead, I must live a life before her. I must live a life for her sake. In Jesus, God's promise to meet his people, which was his first intention in the very beginning, is fulfilled. It is made full. In Christ, God meets us face to face. Not through animals, not through the sacrifice of animal blood, not through unseen rituals hiding out in a darkened tent. But he deals with us face to face. With rituals that you can see and hear and even touch and even taste for yourself. You can taste and see that the Lord is good. Because we meet God in Christ. We do not wait outside like they used to have to in the Old Testament. We do not bring our animals, but we bring ourselves. And we receive, as John tells us, we receive the fullness of Christ, which is the very fullness of God. And now, notice how we organize our calendar. We're just in the first few weeks of a new church year. And notice why and how it all carries on. Through the birth, through the life, through the suffering and death and resurrection, and ascension and through the uh, sending of the Holy Spirit that forms the life of Christ. We, We don't sort of organize ourselves by the stars anymore. We organize ourselves by the man Christ Jesus and the divine life that he lived on our behalf of his fullness you have all received and grace upon grace. So notice for a moment as we sit here in the dark in Advent, notice the paganism of our world and how it operates. And notice all of the other godless things that tempt you. They are of the darkness and not of the light. They always urge you, and this is important, they always urge you to meet God or to meet something like God in uncertain things. They don't tell you exactly where to find happiness or fulfillment. They don't tell you where it is or, where, or when to find it. They like to make things depend upon your intelligence, your attractiveness, your strength your personality, your charisma, your earning potential. That's how they want you to uh, carry on your life, through uncertain things that you can control, or at least try to control. They will tempt you with control. But you have one God and one Lord Jesus Christ who has made himself known to you, who has given you a place to meet and to find him, 
who comes to bring heaven to earth for you, who comes to light up the darkness of your life, who comes to forgive you all of your sins again and again and again, as many times as you come to meet in this place. And he has come also to raise you to newness and fullness of life. And he has come to find you in the midst of this world that he might lead you through this world. That he might lead you through the darknesses, through the uncertainties, through the things that we can't actually control. To lead you through those things to the final meeting place. To the life of the resurrection and to the life of the world to come. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.